welcome to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And we have Sebastian. I don't know. Oh, I remember why. <laughs> did you not mute me? No, I did. You know what it was? Is at the end of the introduction music, I turned the fader down. So it's just, uh, you know, as much as we love diamond rings, it, there's, you know, only so much talking over it I can do. Um, and yes, I had you muted when. I, I am Sebastian for the listening audience. Yes. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so I believe folks can hear you now. At least uh, that's, the, that's the hope. As I mentioned, you're listening to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. Now, uh, what a roundup in the world of gay news this week. Let's start off with um, a somewhat uh, pleasant story that has come out. And that is that the uh, for the first time in, in, in history, or as Ooh. they like to say on the show, history... Okay. Uh, there is a world leader attending the RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. Now, I do not think we are going to see uh, Justin Trudeau dressed up in drag, although he is not unfamiliar to face makeup. So uh. there, is, uh, <laughs> there is that. In wah, his, wah. He, is, he is fond of costumes. So uh, mm -hmm. let's, uh, you know, that aside. Uh, he's, he's known for his, his love of dress up. He is definitely known yes. for his love of dress-up. Yeah, yeah, let's just phrase it like that. So yeah. uh, Justin Trudeau has become the world's, uh, the first world leader to uh, participate in a RuPaul's Drag Race uh, competition as uh, a guest. Now, Nancy Pelosi, I think, has attended the U.S. one a couple of times. I think uh, maybe even Chuck Schumer. Um, okay. It's been a bit, uh, you know, all over the place. But in terms of the leaders of the country... Um, yeah, is, I mean, uh, in the States, the Speaker of the House, in some ways, is more powerful than the President. In other ways, has no power at all. So, I mean, like, Pelosi is not a not a bad, just because of the way the American system is set up. That's just totally technical. But yeah, I didn't know Pelosi was on Drag Race. Yeah, she was uh, a guest on, I think, maybe one of the All-Star seasons. That's a weird choice. I mean, I'm... Yeah. I'm yeah. neutral about it. I'm either for it nor against it. I just think that's kind of surprising. It is kind of surprising. Yeah. <laughs> so in Canada versus the world, sorry, Canada's drag race, colon, Canada versus the world, they have a terrible name. It is a, mm -hmm. a dreadful name for a show. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yes, it's essentially the big competition where Canadian drag queens are competing against uh, drag queens from the US, from the various United States episodes. Um, I think the UK race has somebody competing, and um, I think Australia is sending someone. Uh, so it's a you know a, a proper global hodgepodge of uh, of contestants with a strong showing by uh, by Canada, and obviously as the hosts of Canada's Drag Race, um, that's where uh, that's where it's starting. So, uh, yeah, first world leader to participate. I do not believe, at time of recording, or broadcast, because we're, we're also live, um, I do not believe that the episode has aired yet. I don't think it's out okay. yet. Uh, but I will watch it. I will watch it. Are you going to tune in for Canada versus the world slash Drag Race slash RuPaul's? If they switch it from a colon to an end dash, I will consider it. You will consider it if it's an end dash. Yes. If it, no, I did not say an end dash. I said an M dash. Okay. Well, learn your typography. But seriously, though, I'll watch it if I'm at your place drinking gin and you make me watch it, which is usually when I watch Drag Race. 
Yeah, no, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other news that we saw was uh, just some really interesting news out of Halifax Pride. Halifax mm-hmm. Pride has had uh, some substantial growth over the last couple of years. So shout out to the folks over in Halifax. Uh, but their current executive director, Adam Reed, is stepping down. So Adam joined uh, as the executive director in, I want to say, 2016. Um, mm-hmm. So what's that? That's like four, no, that's six years. That's a very respectable stint. I like a, that you said four years ago as if the two-year lockdown didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pandemic years don't count. Everybody knows yeah, the pandemic You still do count. that. I, I notice you do that all the time. Yeah, I, you know what? It's because I just I I my my brain just doesn't recognize those as yours. You know what I mean? There was a, a study that came out that found that um, people's memories work by uh, by event events. almost, yep. and yep. when there was no events, the whole stretch of time just sort of merged into one Morpheus blob, um, which I believe was a technical term in the in the in the science. Um, but yes, a yes, Morpheus <laughs> blob. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's hard for me to recall those. But yeah, uh, Adam Reed, the executive director of Halifax Pride, the Halifax Pride Society, specifically, uh, is stepping down to pursue other projects. A great article in Waves Magazine, which is uh, based out of the East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, t- talking a bit more about Adam Reed's time. Go check out the Waves Magazine for the the full coverage. Um, but most notably, noting that uh, Adam Reed oversaw the virtual events for COVID-19, um, but also saw two of the big, uh, big in-person events, Readers of the Coast. So, I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a good humble brag to, to be one of the best festivals or the best festival uh, in the area. So congrats and to... if it's a Pride Festival where not that many people complained about it, that's actually really quite shocking. And uh, Halifax Pride, as far as I'm aware, not currently bankrupt. So that's also ooh, a pretty good measure of success. Well done. Um, yeah, and I don't believe has defrauded anybody. So that's also... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. What? do they have in the water in Halifax? I know, I know. I mean, we're making a joke here, but the Toronto Pride <laughs> former executive director uh, is uh, accused, among many things, of uh, impersonating organizations to solicit federal g- uh, grant money to the tunes of millions of dollars. Yeah. So Every year, know. there's at least two Pride festivals that are uh, bankrupt, about to go bankrupt, but just pull out just in time. Or just morally bankrupt. Morally bankrupt, uh, defrauding people. It's uh, honestly, I, I think it's just a poorly regulated NGO circle, and you get this kind of thing in a lot of NGOs, uh, unfortunately. So it's not really a pride thing per se. It's a this kind of organization runs because I've also heard of Greek Fest in uh, where was it? Toronto Greek Fest or Ottawa Greek Fest? One of the two ran into problems like this about a decade ago, and they cleaned it up. So I think it's just sort of a I mean, that doesn't say it doesn't happen. And that doesn't make well, it okay. But, you, you know, know. <laughs> just say that we will be back just after our first song as we are jumping in. Ooh, who, who should we start off with here? We're going to start off with The Fool by Anna, Annabelle Chostek. Uh, um, huge fan. We've played the bejeebas out of this particular band because mm-hmm. uh, I adore it. Uh, so this is The Fool and we will be back just after this. Oh, 
Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith, and my name is Sebastian. And uh, Sebastian, I don't, I don't think the the, the slight cough was in the original uh, release of of that last song. Uh, you are listening to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. Now, for those who are unaware, for uh, for whatever reason, right? So this is. This story is about half an hour old at this point in time. So everything that I say, bear in mind, this is a details to be incoming probably next week kind of a situation. So anyone who's been paying attention, and this, this will relate, to the, the uh, inquiry into the Emergencies Act in Ottawa will have become familiar with the fact that Ottawa now has a bit of a reputation of being a little bit... Uh, Problematic? Less competent than you would expect a city to be. Oh, incompetent, uh, yes, yes. That city <laughs> is incompetent. Not as incompetent yeah. as, as other cities, but mm-hmm. as was evidenced by the complete lack of uh, any coordinated response to the, the trucker protest. Yeah, uh, the yeah, city yeah. And was definitely incompetent. There are a couple people who are coming out looking like heroes, and those who are in the know in Hamilton know that those couple people in Ottawa are looked at as being just bad, even though the rest of the world's like, why are they the only adults in the room? And as it happens to be, uh, somebody who's also accused of not being an adult in the room is Fire Chief Paul Hutt of the Ottawa Fire Service because uh, recently there was an accusation by a rookie firefighter that they have been uh, harassed and assaulted by fellow firefighters for being uh, gender nonconforming. Um, the, there is very little detail at this point. A lot of it is um, unnamed slash undisclosed both the victim and the assailants at this point in time, which for ongoing investigations is pretty normal. Um, but the, the the biggest part of the story here is that this has been going on for a while and the rookie just kind of wanted to go about doing their job and had been complaining to the, the fire chief. And uh, 
basically one of the biggest complaints is that this has not been stopped despite complaints in the past now what i find really peculiar is that um my experience with speaking with firefighters is they tend to be um they're kind of your typical blue collar workspace if you're mm -hmm. good at your job if you show up on time don't complain too much you're easy to get along with like so long as you're good at your job people will just roll with it they don't care um as i i think i've mentioned before i've been on a few work sites i've been uh on a construction site for for money in the past i've worked as a janitor in the past and generally speaking if if you're not lazy and you do your job if you do labor people don't care what's going on in your personal life broadly speaking they'll just leave you alone uh so this is kind of uh, a surprising shocking story you don't really hear about that kind of thing coming out of uh, fire departments usually now you and i have both also participated in the city of ottawa uh on sort of a volunteer level but through the ottawa police and i don't know about your experience but in my experience the, the firefighters didn't really participate in pride they didn't really participate in the inter-service uh, LGBT, uh, I don't want to say activism, but like, you know, how do we make sure that uh, uh, the, the paramedics and the, the police know how to have a coordinated response to a mental health crisis involving a trans person, that kind of thing. They're usually pretty good at that, but for some reason, the fire department has always been like, we put out fires, why do we need to be there? Um, at least that's been my experience where they're like, yeah, we're open-minded, but we don't need to be in those meetings. And we're kind of seeing now uh, that may not be entirely true. Well, I had the absolute pleasure of mm -hmm. going to the Ottawa Fire Department's uh, headquarters, which is just a slightly larger fire station. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> it's just one of the fire stations, but slightly larger to accommodate the one or two extra desks. That but it I has made. an office in the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, I was like, this is not what I, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, the paramedic headquarters is this beautiful modern It's building. a warehouse. Yeah, it's like, oh. it looks like a high school from the outside. Oh, it's, it's a huge it's facility. beautiful yeah. inside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the fire department there was a bit more rough and tumble. And seeing uh, my favorite highlight of the day was obviously when, uh, when the, the uh, handsome fireman generously demonstrated the uh, going down quickly poll so that we could see how that worked. Um, I, otherwise, I would never know what uh, what a firefighter quickly descending a pole would look like, at least not whilst working. So It the, looks a bit like Batman. It does look a bit... Yeah, you need a little sound effect, like a button that does the <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> uh -huh. I would take that. But it, you're absolutely right. We often mm -hmm. see... You know, I spoke to the chief of the fire department. Um, I don't know if it was the same one as when I was there before, mm -hmm. but I spoke to the chief and uh, very much saying the right things. No problem here. Everyone's happy. We're following all our policies. Mm -hmm. But when your own when members of your own staff are saying, look, this isn't a recurring problem. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, what, what, what's being done to help nothing, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's a serious, that's a serious issue that needs to be, needs to be dealt with. And I suspect mm -hmm. for our listeners who are not in Ottawa, that mm -hmm. this is something that is not uh, unique to Ottawa and the fire department uh, in mm -hmm. Ottawa. You know, fundamentally, as a municipal service, be it this one here in Ottawa or, or any in the, in Toronto, Hamilton, it doesn't really matter where, you know, there there is obligations under the Ontario Human Rights Act to respect uh, the, the gender expression 
of um, mm -hmm. of individuals. Bearing in mind, you know, the courts have agreed that uh, uniforms are, are, you know, somewhat of an exception to, to gendered expression. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond what's in the uniform or required in the uniform, utmost mm -hmm. respect is absolutely necessary. Which, before I hand it back to you, it does give mm -hmm. me a bit of an, uh, a link to an update on the uh, trans teacher out of the Oakville High School. Do you remember that, uh, that story? I think most people with remember the, that story. With the distractingly large bosom, uh, false yes. bosom, false yes. bosom. Yes, yes, uh, mm -hmm. uh, This particular teacher chose as uh, as their outfit for the day to have um, ample appendage. Is yes. How I'm gonna, yeah, distractingly so. Anyway, there was a lot of talk about whether or not to introduce a uh, dress code for the teaching staff as well mm -hmm. and it was interesting the kind of the, the the conclusion that i saw from i think it was the halton district school board was enacting a dress code for the the, the teaching staff would be incredibly difficult mm -hmm. because of the gender expression gender identity protections in the ontario human rights code so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's fundamentally how people express themselves in this it is is currently protected but a lot of workspaces do have uh, very, very simple dress codes in terms of like, uh, you know, definitely show up dressed, definitely show up with your body covered. Um, you know, make sure that your, your torso has fabric on it. Mostly like you, you can't really show up in a, uh, you know, the, the, the muscle shirts for the, the armpit holes dip all the way down to the waist. Like that, that's probably not good attire if you work in a bank, um, a lot of places have figured out a way to make that work. The, the idea of having uh, professional dress standards or, you know, business casual, like th these concepts exist and they've been around for a while. And, and saying any variety of business casual, we don't care what. If you're a man and you show up in a woman's blouse, but it's a nice woman's blouse, it's a professional looking woman's blouse, like whatever, that's fine. Like you're covered, you look like you're showing up to work. You're not wearing a beer t-shirt with moth holes in it. Like, that's fine. It's it's good enough. Who cares? It's it's professional close enough, you know? Um, and I think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about doing that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Ottawa uh, Fire Department story is fresh enough that I would, I would even say uh, I would not even come down one way or the other as to um, whether or not I... 100% believe everything, not because I'm, I'm saying that I doubt the victim necessarily, but just like I like more evidence than like one breaking story. Mm. But uh, this looks like it's not just about uh, misgendering. There's also accusations of physical harm, choking, being physically shoved, that kind of thing. So it looks it looks a little bit more serious. Yeah. And we often find with stories like this that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have this one firefighter in in Ottawa, who is brave enough to come out and say, "Look, you know, this is not a mm -hmm. uh, a, a a good work environment. This is not yeah, a yeah. work environment where I wake up in the morning and I am excited to be there." And mm -hmm. I would like my firefighters who are going to show up into my burning building to want to do their job. Yeah, and you know, allegations of of choking and bullying and and harassment. You know, we don't want firefighters on the back foot. Uh, you know, it, being bullied. How are they mm -hmm. making? How are they? How are they best able to support and save us in our times of need? Um, mm -hmm. If uh, if they're also being bullied by their by their colleagues, it's just it's an unconscionable. 
I mean, I, I feel kind of blessed. I'm in a, a 60 employee, uh, small tech industry kind of a, a segment. Uh, and uh, the answer is broadly speaking, can you code if yes? Can you code on time if yes? Who cares? <laughs> That's did just, it's a. Did you just read the job description to me? <laughs> no, that, that's pretty much it, though. Yeah, it's the hiring uh, a, survey. A bit of a smaller story, and this is another one of those like dot 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 question mark kind of uh, uh, situations. There, there is a recent uh, study that was published in a magazine called Gut. So you know that because it is one word, it's probably a very prestigious like science, uh, like science, science language thoughts these are all highly prestigious difficult to get into journals the one exception by the way is the new england journal of medicine which is uh, a very big mouthful and it's actually very prestigious but anyway um so yeah uh it turns out that uh, gay men i don't think they studied bisexual men or men who have sex with men in general but they looked at gay men in specific and they found that they are twice as likely to have um inflammatory bowel diseases so that includes colitis, that includes Crohn's disease, that includes uh, the one that I have that for some reason I can't remember right now. Lupus. Uh, no, no, no. My doctor told me it's probably lupus, but hard okay. to diagnose. Yeah, we'll come you just back have to, to that. stay away from full moons. <laughs> um, uh, no, the one where you can't eat wheat and it, it gives you vitamin E deficiency. Um, I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of my own problems, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, and they're, yeah, they, they found um, that yeah, gay men are twice as likely to have inflammatory bowel diseases. And they even looked into, um, like a lot of people would say, well, obviously, because a lot of gay men do risky sexual behavior involving the backside. So they actually did a, a pair matching and they actually matched uh, gay men who do receptive anal intercourse with straight men who do receptive anal intercourse, which is a non-zero number, as we all know. Um, and they actually found that that did, that didn't account for anything. But um, yeah, because that would be my as a, as a as an as an uh, a practicing homosexual. My thoughts immediately went to is my my practicing uh, the best thing for my uh, my my bowel health. And you know, it's it's like does one and one equal two? And you know, the answer is actually no. We're looking at the number eleven here, and we're well, thinking about thing. it the wrong way. You know, we know that it's often um, it's often stress factors that impact health. Is that what it, this seems to be? It could be. And I, I was actually, when I read this article, I instantly thought about, uh, I actually know a lot of gay men with, uh, with IBS of some variety or another. I know a couple with colitis, you know, quite a few celiac disease. Celiac, that's the word that I forgot that I had to Google. Um, or even just sort of generic, uh, unspecified or underspecified IBS. And almost everyone that i can think of they all said that they've had this for longer than they've been sexually active mm. so um as it happens actually if you go to the uh, gastroenterology department at your local hospital you'll find that a lot of the people there are young men mm. so bowel diseases are very common among young men so it just happens to be that this thing that that affects young men a lot uh, seems to affect gay men a lot more uh twice as much so we don't know why. We don't know what the cause is. Uh, it's just weird and interesting. And but it's it's definitely not the obvious cause that uh, that jumps to mind, as it were. Yeah, a lot of these are uh, autoimmune in nature, like mm. celiacs is autoimmune in nature. Crohn's, I, I think it can be autoimmune. 
Um, but yeah, so it, it who knows? Who knows? I, I think autoimmune diseases in general are more common uh, in the LGBT community. And uh, that's another one of those things that's a huge dot, 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 question mark. Nobody knows why. Or ellipses question mark, if you really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, funny. We mentioned earlier we were talking about uniforms and uh, uh, not costumes. What's the yeah uniforms? We're talking about <laughs> uniforms and dress. And uh -huh. uh, th there was one little story that jumped out that I wanted to share, and it was I think we spoke before about how Virgin Atlantic, the 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 airline run mm -hmm. by the the Virgin Company, um, from Richard uh, Richard Branson. So Richard Branson is the one that owns that one. Um, also, just yet another billionaire trying to get to space. Um, but yeah, Virgin Atlantic ditched its gendered uniform policy. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that, uh, let me find the, the right wording. Um, they believed that anyone can take on the world. Uh, sorry, we believe that any, everyone can take on the world, no matter who they are. Uh, we're going, commercial uh, officer going on to say, chief commercial officer going on to say, that's why it's so important that we enable our people to embrace their individuality and be their true selves at work. Mm -hmm. It is for that reason that we want to allow our people to wear the uniform that best suits them and how they identify and ensure our customers are addressed by their preferred, preferred pronouns. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it seems lovely. It's a, it's a lovely gesture. And I think in the context of uh, the, 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 the allegations by the uh, Ottawa Fire Department, mm -hmm. the reason why this is noteworthy is because they've seen a 100% increase in their job applications hmm. immediately following this uh, policy decision. Now, in the context of an airline, in the airline industry, that is struggling with staffing. Yep. A hundred percent increase in job applications is a game changer in mm -hmm. terms of staffing capacity. So oh, not yeah. only is this uh, good news, um, but uh, yeah, we'll get folks being able to express themselves. I still think this falls into the heading of uh, something that was maybe pushed or or championed by the LGBT community that kind of affect straight people a little bit more because I'm willing to bet that most of the people who are going to take advantage of this are heterosexual women who do not want to wear skirts anymore because it's a huge challenge because if, you're, if your skirt is too loose, you're going to snag on seats as you're going up and down the aisles and if it's too tight, you can't really walk and, and I've seen a lot of stewardesses uh, struggle with that little pushy cart thing uh, with the, the, the skirts they have tend to be a little bit more snug around their legs. So, I mean... I'm willing to bet you're going to see a lot of women choosing to wear the pants because it's not an easy job. It's it's harder than it looks. Not to say that they're you know, you know, throwing burning tires off a building or I don't I, I don't know who does that as a job, but you know, like just they're not doing Who's something particularly challenging to throw tires off a building, burning you know, tires. Um, yeah, but, you know, but yeah, yeah, but it, it it's harder than it looks. That that is true, and you have to smile while doing it over an eight hour flight with no breaks. Like it's 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 no fun, and I'm willing to bet that just being able to wear pants is, is going to be a godsend for them. Well, it's not just Virgin Atlantic that have brought about these changes. British Airways 
has mm-hmm. recently announced, I think in the last day or two, actually, uh, that uh, cabin crew can now wear makeup and piercings. I think it was also Virgin that recently announced um, the red airline, whichever one that is. A lot of them are red. Um, people with tattoos yep. can, can apply. And it seems to be very much tied to kind of desperately trying to keep staff. But now mm-hmm. the British Airways had a long-standing rule that men cannot wear makeup um, for their for their staff and they've removed that l- rule now mm. and they can now wear makeup nail varnish and have piercings etc and a pair of people are thinking oh you know how many how many male flight attendants on british airwaves are trying to wear makeup but i can tell you this when you're in front of you know 200 odd people getting on a plane and you have a massive spot on your face mm-hmm. a patch of concealer gonna do wonders you know what mm-hmm. i mean but then it you know do you have to weigh up bit of concealer on my massive spot or possibly fired by British Airways for having no male makeup rule. Um, but at least now men can have their, their spotty faces covered without having to worry about uh, being fired. So this is yet another push towards progress <laughs> at, uh, in the airline industry. This is the truly talented Jiley Wolf with Child of the Government. And we will be back just after this. Oh, hey, I uh, just, uh, I was just gonna, uh, tell you that, uh, I just, uh, well, I just got, well, I guess I got nobody to talk to, really. Yeah, 
Welcome back to Kangaroo, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. 
and we are in the early days of the CIUT 89.5 FM fundraiser. We are looking at reaching a fantastic goal of $100,000, and we are over 10 grand. We've already smashed the 10 grand uh, milestone, and you hear that right? Smashed! The 10 grand Ooh. milestone. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to folks to support us. Keep amazing shows like this on the air, uh, supporting emerging musicians, Canadian musicians, obviously a big focus of our work uh, as we look to train the next generation of broadcasters. Now, in the final 10 minutes of the show, there is a lot of uh, random little bits of news everywhere. Uh, first of all, um, one of the things that came up when I was watching, well, I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race as a card-carrying homosexual, that's uh, sort of an obligation at some point, uh, but I was watching um, uh, watching RuPaul's Drag Race recently, mm-hmm. and I was surprised to see Boy George of the Culture Club um, being being a, a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Why would uh, that be surprising? Why is that surprising? That's a very good question. So the BBC, who is the the the, the producer behind uh, the British version of RuPaul's Drag Race, as well as Wow Productions, the, the sort of go-to production house for mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race, um, obviously had a hand in choosing the lineup. But Boy George is also on. I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, the reality TV show in the UK, along with COVID-era Health Secretary of the United Kingdom, Matt Hancock, okay. um, who recently was forced to eat, I believe, uh, a kangaroo's anus. I think that was one of the things that uh, that uh, Matt Hancock uh, had to read. Uh, but the reason why I was surprised to see Boy George on um, RuPaul's Drag Race um, and then also to see him on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is that there seems to be an amnesia to the fact that Boy George has served jail time, mm-hmm. uh, specifically sentenced to 15 months in prison for attacking a Norwegian model named Odin Carlson, who was uh, he was accused of convicted of assault and false imprisonment. And if I was if I believe correctly, he was uh, chained or tied, no, handcuffed to a radiator. So Boy George of the Culture Club, Kama Chameleon fame, handcuffed mm-hmm. a Swedish model to a radiator for, I believe, a measure of days um, and uh, also assaulted this particular individual. He was convicted um, and uh, uh, sentenced to jail time. Boy George uh, claims that he was high on cocaine and having a psychotic episode at the time. Uh, but yeah, he was sentenced to 15 months in prison um, and after four months was released on good behavior. The reason why this surprises me, I, I was I was vaguely aware of Boy George's various run-ins with the law and uh, also his... Uh, handcuffing a man to a radiator and leaving him there, high on coke mm-hmm. or not, that's just not a good idea. Um, mm-hmm, to then mm-hmm. see this man showcased on a judging panel, or and the reason why he's in the news now is because he's taking the moral high ground over mm-hmm. Hancock, the COVID-era era health secretary in the UK. Don't get me wrong. 
British was Britain's response to COVID during the pandemic uh, was despicable, and Matt Hancock in particular was, has a lot to answer for. But mm -hmm. the idea of having the moral high ground as a man convicted of handcuffing somebody to a radiator and assaulting them is is a stretch. That's a stretch. Well, you know, people have the right to be forgiven and move forward. So, like, one of my favorite actors, not because he's a good actor, but because he's just a charismatic person, is Danny Trejo, uh, probably most well-known for playing Machete. And uh, he spent, I believe, 20 years in prison or something like that for stabbing a man in the face with uh, a shard of glass that he got from a broken window. So, you know, uh, sometimes uh, people bounce back or uh, people regret their decisions. People look for forgiveness. People try to grow and change. Uh, I, I think that's a, a pretty significant part of it, you know. Charlie Sheen a few years ago had a very famous meltdown on TV. So did uh, Britney Spears have a very famous meltdown in public. And both of them went about trying to get forgiveness. And they actually did find a way forward. I think... Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, the, the victim, uh, Carlson, has actually now spoken. I think he told uh, the Daily Mirror, he calls Boy George a monster. Anyone who's been chained to a radiator and hit with a metal chain, uh, you know, would understandably not be a fan. Uh, mm. He said, had I been a woman and he did what he did, he would never have been given the platform. It's hurtful. The big organizations like ITV have given him that platform. I don't know. I just... It's not like there aren't enough gay celebrities. You know what I mean? Like there true, are there are true. plenty of other options. And I think that underlines a lot of the response to the the football in Qatar. Um, are oh. you familiar with Joe Lysett? Yes, I'm familiar with Joe Lysett. So Joe Lysett yeah. is a British comedian who famously changed his, legally changed his name by deed poll. Uh, to Hugo Boss. <laughs> and okay. He does okay. these sort of outrageous stunts to draw attention to, to ridiculousness. Um, he mm -hmm. has taken out £10,000 um, and he has said to David Beckham, look, you have been a long-time LGBT advocate. David Beckham famously, uh, some of the first interviews he did as a professional footballer were with uh, gay magazines and uh, the queer media as a whole. So mm -hmm. sort of really breaking ground for access to the gay community and football. Um, long-time advocate and supporter. But he's uh, supposedly getting $10 million from the Qataris to uh, participate in the FA um, in, in Qatar, this uh, going on sort of around now. Mm -hmm. um, Rod Stewart turned down a million dollars to go perform in, in Qatar. Um, apparently compromising his morals was not worth a million dollars to uh, to Rod Stewart. And he has train sets that are worth $10 million. He does, like, yeah, he does. yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, yeah, a Tuesday is ten. Yeah, is a yeah, million that, that's not even a joke. Rod Stewart loves trains. And But anyway, go on, yeah. So Joe Loisette has said to David Beckham, look, I have $10,000. Yeah. If you... Uh, cancel your trip to Qatar and the ten million that they're paying you to to bend over backwards. You know he'll give he'll give the ten thousand dollars. Otherwise, he's going to shred it along with any reputation uh, for working with the gay community. And I think that's fundamentally it. Some people have said going to Qatar 
is uh, it's a, it's a platform where they can talk about the human rights abuses of Qatar in mm-hmm. Qatar, which is frankly not true. The Qatari government has been very quick to silence people left, right, and center. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of representations of rainbows have been banned. People have been very mm-hmm. creative. The American uh, uh, football, i.e. soccer team, have at their training facility in Qatar put up a rainbow Mm. version of their logo. So a rainbow version of a logo in a training facility is about as far as many people can go. Um, But yeah, there's been allegations of arrest harassment, uh, bearing in mind that in some parts of Qatar, under Sharia law, there is the death penalty for homosexuality. Qatar, when it was announced to be in Qatar, I saw, actually, I'm surprised that of all the stories you, you, we could have gone with, we went with this one, just because when it was announced that it was going to be in Qatar, it was just a deluge of why. Um, because it, it's not just about LGBT rights, it's not just about women's rights, it's not just about workers', um, rights. workers rights, how they treat neighboring countries, and how they treat immigrants from neighboring countries. There's a long list of... Oof, um, and uh, there were a lot of people saying, like, we understand that you're trying to spread it around and not just keep having it in Europe and South America, but uh, you had you had a laundry list of potential places and why there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, oh man, we we could have picked, we could have done this entire episode about reactions to Qatar, Absolutely. and still only only covered half of it. Yeah, it, it's it, it was a, an odd decision. Yeah. Well, a lot of famous people who are going to Qatar are having their morals questioned. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, some people's support for the gay community have a price tag. And mm-hmm. once the Qataris meet that price tag, their support for the community seems to uh, flitter away. So certainly something to consider for football fans, unless you're gay, in which case most people aren't particularly keen on going to a country with the death penalty. All right, mm-hmm. we are playing out with something a bit more upbeat. This is Min Simon's Real Love, the clean version. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening.
no makeup educated karma sutra My own money so don't say the kind of things that don't suit ya King Street in the six, I'm the baby you're neutral I got away with energies I just might fool Like and flame.